absolutely no other place to be on a Thursday night than Activate LA. If that's been your testimony, make some noise. I missed you guys. I paid them to do that. I love you. I've been praying and I've been studying and I want to share something with you that I believe God is doing. Not just in my life, I believe it's a prophetic word and I believe he's doing it in the lives of all of us and I want to share with you what God has given me. I'm going to be speaking out of the book of Joshua. If you're visiting for the first time, it is our custom to stand for the reading of the word. I'm in Joshua 2 verse 8. To lay context for the text, at this point, the children of Israel are about to move into the promised land. Moses has died, and since his death, they've had to undergo a few things, but now God has raised up another leader, and God has told this leader, it's time for you to finish what Moses started. And so before they cross over the Jordan River and into the promised land, he sends two spies over to Jericho and they end up finding refuge in the home of a working woman by the name of Rahab. She is what the Bible would call a harlot, but what 2019 would call a sex worker. And they find refuge in her home, and she says something to them that hit me so deep in my spirit because God can use anybody to deliver a word. And I think she's given us something to think about. This is Joshua 2, verse 8. It says, now before they laid down, so these two spies are spying out Jericho, and they're afraid that they're going to get caught because the king of Jericho has learned that they are in the city. But Rahab creates a safe space for them. But before they laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, Men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all of the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above, and on earth beneath. Spirit of the living God, my prayer tonight is that you would fall. My prayer is that you would fall with such glory and such clarity that anything that has been confusing us and clouding our mind would have to leave. My prayer is that you would fall with such weight and such glory that creativity would spring back, that healing would come, that cancer would have to go, that depression couldn't stay. My prayer is that the King of Glory would step into this room and that he would pour out a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive, the kind of blessings that money can't buy but generational promises spring up after. That's the kind of God that we serve. So Father, I'm asking 
that you would use every part of me for your glory. That there would be no telling where I end and you begin because we are so in sync in this moment. God, I thank you for what you've already decided to do in this place. And I just ask that you bring us into alignment, that there would be no distractions, no fear, no insecurities, just you speaking a word to us, your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask him be seated. I have to tell you, when I was studying today, I was like so nervous and so anxious, I couldn't fully get my word together. And the devil told me to preach what Pastor Teray preached on Sunday because it was so good unto my soul. <laughs> Radically changed my life. I wanted to throw my shoe at you, but I didn't want to have to see you or security out on them streets, but I will next time you preach like that. Is anyone grateful for the gift of God that is on Pastor Trey's life? Thank you, baby. He's radically changed my life. You know, I am a speaker, preacher person because of Pastor Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never really like preached before until he asked me to come preach here at the Potter's House at 1LA. Like, well, it was just one church then, and that was about five years ago. And he asked me if I would preach on a Sunday. I was like, Sundays aren't really my thing, but panels got you. <laughs> Um, but since then, he has, you know, really just pushed me and propelled me into my destiny in a way that I could have never imagined. I've been preaching now for almost five years. And thanks, guys. Um, but I still get so, so nervous. And my kids will tell you, like, I'll be at home stressing. But something happened to me that I wanted to share with you guys. In 2018, I was praying, I was studying, and I was supposed to be preaching. And at that time, I was like preaching more than I'd ever preached in my entire life. And it was just making all of these different demands of me and my relationship with God. And I just got to this point where I realized that if I were not intentional about changing my mind about my identity, that I would literally like die. That there would be a version of me that was never manifested because my fear was standing in the way. So in order for me to really walk in who God has called me to be and to walk in the anointing and the gift that he's given me, I had to be willing to restructure. So I want to talk to you guys tonight about restructuring. Because if we are not intentional about restructuring our lives, there is a version of us that will not live. And there is another version of us that will continue to live, but that should die. So if I say to myself, I'm not a speaker, and I'm not a preacher, and I'm not going to do it, if I don't restructure my mind to embrace what God is doing down on the inside of me, then I can never fully manifest the things connected to my life. But all of this is a result of restructuring, and restructuring is not easy, and restructuring is scary, and restructuring requ requires that we let go of everything we thought we knew so that we can figure out what we don't know. God, I, I didn't think I was a speaker. 
I didn't think I was a preacher, but you did something down on the inside of me that's making me believe that I can step into it. So God, I have to restructure the thoughts and the paradigms and the rhythms that make me feel like I'm not qualified if you're calling me to do something. Sometimes your greatest enemy is not underneath your feet, it's in between your ears. It is what you tell yourself about who you are and what God has called you to do. And I believe now more than ever that we are having to restructure so that we can manifest the identity and the reflection that God is holding up when he says, this is who you are, which means that you have to change your mind about who you are. I can't be who I used to be and be who I am becoming at the same time. I got to restructure my mind. I can't do the things that I used to do and show up the way that I need to show up. I got to restructure my mind. I'm not under construction. I'm restructuring. I'm going to use the same pieces. I'm just going to place them differently. I'm restructuring my mind. And when we find the children of Israel in this text, they are undergoing a restructuring. God is not demolishing who they were. He is restructuring who they were. Mm. feel like that, that is a word. Thank you for saying that. Because sometimes we'll think that God is demolishing us that God is tearing us down to nothing. But in reality, what he's doing is restructuring you. And so I gotta dismantle what you're familiar with so that I can show you where to put those pieces and where to put those friendships and what season you need to do this and what season you need to do that. I'm not messing up your life. I'm not tearing you apart. I didn't bring you out here to leave you. I'm just restructuring things because... The way you're structured when you're wondering is different than the way you have to be structured for the promised land. That structure worked when you were wondering, but now you're about to walk into something. And you'll still have the same pieces as when you were wondering, but I'm going to restructure them in a way that makes sense. Oh, God, help me. I feel like I've been going through a restructuring. I'm not changing, but I am changing at the same time. I'm becoming more aware. I'm becoming more accurate. I'm becoming more intentional. I, I didn't move my mission. I didn't move my purpose. I'm just becoming more focused. I'm studying more. I'm getting more help than I had before. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know if I'm the only one who's been going through this, but I just feel like I'm being restructured. I'm here on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock because I'm undergoing a restructuring. I'm trying to figure out what to do with all these pieces. I'm trying to figure out who I am becoming. God's taking some things and moving some things around. I'm, I'm being restructured for the promise. <laughs> because I've come to a place where I can see it now. Oh, I feel God on this. When I was wondering, I couldn't see the promised land but I wandered my way into seeing the promised land. And now that I can see where God was leading me all along, I can see that I can't keep functioning the way that I was functioning and enter the promised land. I gotta undergo a restructuring. I gotta shift some things around. 
because I see who you're calling me to be now. I see what you're calling me to do now. I see what my squad needs to look like. I see what my finances need to look like. I'm restructuring a few things. Yeah, I'm sorry, but not sorry. I'm busy, but not busy. I'm restructuring for my breakthrough. I'm restructuring for the promise connected to my name. So, in order for the children of Israel to step into the promised land, Moses has to die because restructuring cannot take place unless something dies. And these aren't the kind of deaths that you end up thanking God for the separation for. Not in the moment anyway. There are some things that you lose along the way that doesn't feel good. Moses had been leading the children of Israel. He'd been there with them. Generations, they trusted him. He was the one who brought them out of captivity. And so in order for them to move into the promised land, though, they had to have a changing of the guard. Some things had to shift and be reevaluated. And it struck me that sometimes trusting God is trusting that when you say goodbye to the good thing, that it doesn't mean that you're no longer going to grow. I said it... Trusting God means that when the good thing goes, it doesn't mean that I will no longer grow. That's how I wrote it in my notes. And that's something for us to really get down in our spirit because there are moments when the good thing goes and we think that was my one shot and that was my one opportunity. That was the one person who was going to help me level up. That good thing left somebody. And just because that good thing is gone, I wanted you to know that that didn't have anything to do with your growth. That if God was going to grow you that he didn't need that good thing. I'm not saying it wasn't good. No disrespect to what you had to say goodbye to. I'm just saying that you saying goodbye doesn't mean that that was the end of your purpose and your destiny. I don't know who you are. I don't know what job you lost. I don't know what opportunity you lost. I don't know what deal fell through, but I'm telling you to wipe those tears and get ready to still walk into the promised land. That wasn't the only person who could lead you to next. That wasn't the only opportunity that could be your breakthrough. You have to say goodbye to the good things sometimes so your growth can spring up, so your mind can kick in, so your wisdom can show up, so your creativity can be initiated. The good thing left, but it didn't take your growth. You can still grow from this. You can still change from this. You can still have access. I feel that for somebody. That good thing wasn't your only way to have access. God said, I'm the one that's going to give you access. And sometimes I have to take the good thing away so you don't worship the good thing so that you can trust that I wouldn't get you to the point where you could see it and not take you over the edge. I feel like preaching in this place. I feel like God is about to push somebody right on over the edge that I'm about to show you that you didn't need a man to do it that you didn't need 
bank to do it, that you didn't need the studio to do it. God's got a million ways to do it. I got a million ways to do this thing. I could radically change your whole life with one word. I speak a word and mountains move. I took the thing, I took the person, but I kept you in position. I kept you hungry. I kept you waiting. I know I took some things, but I didn't take your hunger. When I take your hunger, you can start asking me questions. But somebody's still hungry after all they've been through. Somebody still believes that they have access after all they've gone through. It's not over, I'm just restructuring. It's not over, I'm just restructuring. I'm trying to get you ready for the promised land. I'm trying to make you unshakable. I'm trying to make you unbreakable. I'm trying to turn you into a nation. They were the children of Israel until they crossed over in that promised land. When they crossed over in that promised land, they became a nation. I used to be a slave. I used to be a wanderer. I used to need validation. I used to believe that what I had made me who I am. But I crossed over in the promised land. <laughs> so, I'm gonna just tell you that the greatest obstacle the children of Israel would have to overcome, and this is what we have to overcome, is the children of Israel were used to being underdogs. And when you're an underdog, you see your deficit. And when you're an underdog, you're used to being counted out. But I heard something today when I was studying. God said, you can't say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and still count yourself as an underdog. That the most incredible thing you can do right now <laughs> is to start seeing yourself as a front runner. Yeah, that's heavy. I know that's heavy. But your swag is different when you think you're the front runner. But your confidence is different when you think you're the front runner. You know you're supposed to be in the room when you think you're a front runner. You know that if God made the way for you to be there, that it was because there's something in this room that has my name on it. 
and I know you've been the underdog for 40 years and I know you were a slave for years before that but I hear God saying I'm about to break that generational curse off of you I'm about to break this notion of you coming behind off of you because for where I'm taking you you got to learn how to possess something you got to learn how to own something you got to learn how to walk into a room and take everything I put in that room for you God put something in this room for me and I won't put this mic down until I lay hold of everything This is how I know that the children of Israel were sleeping on themselves because they sent spies into the land. They sent spies into the land and it took Rahab to tell them that you didn't even have to send any spies to figure out how you were going to do this. That we heard you were on the way. We heard you were on the way because of how you warred when you were wondering. We heard you were on the way because of the victories you had when you were wondering. We heard you were on the way. You didn't have to send a spy. The king of Jericho heard you were in the room. God, help me to say this thing. Because I feel like somebody needs to know that their destiny already knows they're on the way. That there's somebody already waiting in a room. That there's an opportunity already waiting on you to arrive. You didn't have to send a spy. We already knew you were coming. I need somebody who's receiving that word to take 10 seconds and thank God for spying out the land. Rahab, Rahab says, I know who you are, and I know what you're capable of, and I know who your God is, and I know that he's already delivered this land into your hands. God is delivering territories. God is delivering territories. God is delivering territories to the people who once saw themselves as underdogs. God says, I'm getting ready to position you as front runners and I have to restructure you now so that you can understand what I'm positioning you for. You see, what you have to understand is this. The children of Israel got cursed into wondering but them returning to the promised land is a sign because they're returning to the land that was always rightfully theirs. But they couldn't get to the land that was rightfully theirs until they got the generational curses out of the way. And their belief broke the curse. And when their belief broke the curse, they went from dealing with generational curses to generational promises. And when God told me to study this message, he told me to tell you that when he gets finished pushing you over the edge, that your belief is gonna break the curse. 
and that the windows of heaven are going to be opened under you and that he's going to pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive I hear God saying get ready for overflow I hear God saying generational promises I hear God saying wholeness is coming through your family I know mental health has been a struggle but the devil picked the wrong one he messed around and pushed you over the edge and when he pushed you over the edge you broke open the promises I can't, I can't access the promise until we break this curse. And I can't break this curse until I restructure the belief system that's down on the inside of me. And I came here to restructure somebody's belief system. I came here to hold a funeral for disbelief. I came here to hold a funeral for second guessing what God said. I came here to hold a funeral for every depressing thought, for every suicidal idea. I came here to wage war with hell. Y'all know how we get down, activate LA, what's up? I changed my mind. I changed my belief. I thought I was on the way out. I thought when the good thing died that I died with it. But I messed around and figured out I still got access. I still got access to wholeness. I still got access to breakthrough. I still still got access I may have to restructure I may have to change the way I believe but I still have access and it would be the enemies of the children of Israel who told them who they were you'll know who you are by the enemies you face. The enemy, they thought that they were still underdogs, so they sent spies into the land to scope out the way they were going to do it. But when the spies confronted the person on the other side, Rahab said, you ain't no underdog anymore. We heard about who you became when you were wondering. We heard about how God showed up for you. We heard about how he delivered victories into your hand. I don't know what giant you're facing. I don't know who you're up against. But I want you to know that that giant is trying to tell you who you are. That fear, that anxiety, that opportunity that looks bigger than you. <laughs> the fact that you're even up against it. Remember when there was a time when you would have never even been up against it. But the fact that I'm going toe to toe with this thing. And I know that God brought me to it means that it's got to come down. Yeah. 
Can I tell you something? David never called himself an underdog. We did that. David knew that there was something down on the inside of him that no one else could see. I only looked like the underdog to everyone who was fighting the battle, but I knew something about myself that made me stand up to that giant. And I came here to change what you think about yourself because there are some giants that you wouldn't even be up against if greater is he that is in you couldn't take that bad boy out. I wouldn't even be up against this unless I had what it takes. It wouldn't even be a burden on my soul to try and break through what's held generations of my family down. It didn't even bother other people in your family the way that it bothers you. That's because you're going toe-to-toe with it. They didn't have to go toe-to-toe with it. Have you ever been somewhere and thought, this don't get on y'all's nerves the way it gets on my nerves? It's not meant to get on everybody's nerves, boo. It's meant to get on your nerves. Because God anointed you to do that. God graced you to do that thing. I put you in the room so you can shake the room up. My mission tonight is to serve as maybe the spies who went out and scoped out the land. I need you to know they're waiting on you on the other side. I need you to know that the promised land, your promised land, everybody in here has a different promised land. Everybody in here has been assigned to a different industry. I just want you to know that you're not gonna take them by surprise. That when you walk in the room, I feel this prophetically for somebody, I don't know who you are that when you walk in the room, they're gonna say, I've been waiting on somebody like you. I've been waiting, I've interviewed a lot of people. I've seen a lot of scripts, I've seen a lot of portfolios. Is somebody saying, I met a lot of women, I, I met a lot of men, but I've been waiting on somebody like you. Somebody who understood that this was not just any old territory but that this was the kind of land that could produce fruit for generations after generations after generations. I was looking for somebody who knew how to be a slave and break out, who knew how to wonder and find their way. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to restructure. They're waiting on you to believe again. They're waiting on you. They're waiting. 
They're waiting on you. Generations are waiting on you. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to own your identity. They're waiting on you to really believe that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The bank is waiting on you. The mortgage is waiting on you. The lawyers are waiting on you. They're waiting on the real you. The you who understands the beauty in restructuring. But there was a process that the children of Israel had to go through. Some things had to die. And they had to be okay with the dying. And then they had to be willing to have their whole function, their whole system restructured. Mm. And I hear God saying, don't give up in the restructuring. Don't lose your belief in the restructuring. Don't change your mind in the restructuring. And there are some people who have gotten so far out that they can't even go back to who they used to be. And they can't even go back to where they used to be. So you have to surrender to the restructuring. I surrender to the restructuring. I surrender to the goodbyes. I surrender to the hellos. God, I surrender to the new level of belief I need to have. I surrender. I surrender to that. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I have plenty of reasons to not believe, but I don't have anywhere to go but to surrender. And I've gotten too close to the promised land to just pack up my toys and go home. So God, I surrender. I surrender to the restructuring. God, I trust you. God, I trust that you wouldn't allow me to just get a window view of what you're going to do, that you wouldn't just leave me here. My integrity, my courage, my vulnerability, you're making demands of me. But I surrender to that. And I believe that on the other side of this surrender, that not only will I access the promised land, but that I'm gonna access a version of me that I wasn't even sure existed. I didn't know that this was in me. And I don't know what is in me still, but I have to keep restructuring if I'm ever gonna find out. I wanna pray with you. You're in this room. And you are straddling the line of either everything could fall apart or it could actually really work this time. Everything could literally turn 
into rubble. But there's also this chance that it could all work out in a way that, if I'm honest, actually scares me. Because it is so unknown and so foreign to who I am mm. that I almost would rather stay stagnant than make a decision. I want people here who are making a decision that I'm going to surrender to the restructuring. I'm going to surrender to it, God. I'm going to finally start acting and talking and walking like the person I know you've been calling me to be. I'm going to stop crying over what I lost in the process. It doesn't mean that it didn't have value. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It just means that it's dead and you're still here. So you got to keep living and stop acting like you were the one who died in the process. The relationship died. It wasn't you. The job died. It wasn't your gift and your talent. You lost the opportunity, but you let the opportunity take your gift and talent. That thing died. But what's in you that God placed in you? It can only grow. But you need the right atmosphere. And the most important atmosphere that you can cultivate starts with your ability to believe. Which means that when disbelief begins to start speaking to you and rearing its face in your life, that you have to be willing to tell disbelief, I don't believe like that anymore. The children of Israel couldn't access the promised land because there was still too much disbelief amongst them. But when that generation that had disbelief died, they were finally able to enter into the promised land. Belief broke the curse. And you gotta believe differently. And sometimes God restructures our life so that we can believe and what cannot be taken away. And that is his word and his promise. God, I believe you. God, I believe the same God that did it for her can do it for me. I believe that you are no respecter of person. I know there's a lot of us here at the altar, but if there's anyone else who knows that I need to surrender to the restructuring, I want to ask you to come down. I know sometimes altar moments can feel strange and they require vulnerability. But child, we all being vulnerable up in here tonight. And there is something, I promise you, about responding when God speaks to you that sets a new rhythm for your life. God, when you speak, I move. God, when you send a word, I move. 
God, I'm practicing my new restructuring now. I wouldn't normally come to an altar call. Usually I'd pack up and leave by now, but I'm practicing something different. I want to respond when you speak to me. And I want this to be my new normal because Pastor Sarah may not be preaching one day and I still want to be able to hear from you and I want you to know that you can trust me to move when you say move and to let go when you say let go. I want you to lift your hands like you're receiving grace for the restructuring. Like you're receiving tools for the restructuring. Like the windows of heaven are open and they're pouring down new mindsets and new mentalities and new identities and you don't want heaven to miss you. Heaven, if you're in the room, there's a burning cart somewhere for you to fall. Heaven, if you're in the room, I'm the one who you need to touch. Like generational promises are gonna be opened up over this space. Father God, I thank you that you look past our excuses and that you look past our comfort and you push us into who we're supposed to be. God, I thank you that no one is in this room by coincidence, but that this is a divine appointment with you. And so Father, I ask wherever there is a hand lifted and a heart open, that you would have a radical encounter with these your sons and daughters. God, I'm praying that as they surrender who they used to be, and as they surrender their disbelief, that your spirit would begin to fill them up like never before. Father God, I'm asking for the kind of belief that led Jesus all the way to the cross. I'm asking for the kind of belief that led him to the cross because he knew he would be resurrected again. Father, we're walking to our cross because there are some things in us that cannot be resurrected. There are some things in us that must die. And Father, as we walk to that cross, I see generational chains being broken. I see generational curses coming down. Father God, as we walk to this cross, let our great-grandchildren come with us. Let our mother and our father come with us. Let our grandmothers come with us. God, let them be the one that raises up a nation of righteousness, that raises up a nation of wholeness. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place until hell gets nervous. We come in and snatch back everything that belongs to us. God, God, they came to the altar because they're going back for what they came for. God, I'm coming back to who you are. God, I'm coming back to who you called me to be. God, I'm coming back for my promises. God, I may have been distracted. I may have drifted away, but God, I'm coming back like never before. Hell's gotta let go of you. I rebuke depression right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke suicide in the name of Jesus. I rebuke pride in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Because where the blood is, there is victory. Where the blood is, 
greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Where the blood is, there's confidence. Where the blood is, there's breakthrough. I plead the blood of Jesus over your dream. I plead the blood of Jesus over your marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over your music. I plead the blood that walks into areas where they could have been counted out, but come out with victory. Father, allow this word to take root and produce fruit. God, you are the God of acceleration, so I don't even need to wait another season for fruit. You can produce fruit tonight. You can produce fruit tomorrow. You can produce fruit next week. God, let this be the kind of word that produces fruit immediately. I'm talking about changed minds. I'm talking about changed patterns. I'm talking about changed relationships. I'm talking about addiction having to let you go. I'm talking about toxic behavior leaving you behind. We give you full permission and full license to restructure our lives until it looks like everything you had in mind when you created us. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for making him who had no sin, all of my bondage, all of my weakness, all of my limitations, and all of my losses you placed in his body and nailed it to the cross. And when he was raised, free and victorious, I was raised up too. And because he dwells in me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I rebuke fear, I rebuke anxiety, I rebuke pain, rebuke struggle because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I rebuke fear I rebuke intimidation because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world unleash my hands unleash my talents unleash my gifts unleash my beliefs the promised land in Jesus name promises I'm gonna own that house I'm gonna own that business I'm gonna set my family free you gonna have to see me promised land 
believe without a doubt that as you restructure your life and you allow God to only place people and opportunities and relationships that he is qualified in your life that he's going to give you the strategy and the discipline to walk into that next dimension of who you are with confidence and that they're going to be waiting on you the underdog season is canceled baby you a front runner <laughs> <laughs>